Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joining us on this Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you are very welcome. And we will go straight into questions, which you can keep them coming. John Paul is taking calls and you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. OK, this is a bit of a wildlife question. Just uh, by the way, a listener wants to know, would Jay know what time of the year do foxes come into heat? I don't know why she wants to know that, but would you have any idea when foxes come into heat? Do you know, Patricia, I don't. <laughs> it's never something I've thought about. It's an interesting question. I'm curious myself. Now, I can go and look it up and I can bring you the answer next week, but I'm, I'm not going to bluff my way through it, I'm okay. afraid. And I wonder, is it a seasonal thing or is it like, because like dogs can come, come into heat any time throughout the year, can't they? No, they, domestic they dogs. Can, yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. So dogs and cats have different ways of coming into heat. So dogs can come into heat kind of like clockwork every kind of six months or so. Some are a little bit more variable in their cycles, but cats actually are really interesting. They have kind of a period of the year, usually kind of early spring, spring, summer, where they're a bit more kind of active. But um, they're what we call induced ovulators. So they can actually bear young at, at any time of the year. Um, so it's an interesting one. Every species is a little bit different. So I'll look into the foxes okay. for you. All right, as I said, I don't know why the listener wants to know, but it was just a WhatsApp that came in. Now, here is a question that came in very early this morning to make sure that I would put it to Jane. Vet question, please. I have a 10-year-old Cocker Spaniel. His name is Riley. He's in good health, bar a bit of arthritis in his back legs, but you wouldn't even notice by looking at him. I have two other dogs. And while Riley is the a- a- eldest of the dogs, can be a bit grouchy, he's never been an alpha dog, uh, according to our listener, with any of the dogs that I've had in the household over the years. In fact, he's been quite the opposite, except in the last year, he suddenly started scent marking, but doing it in most unusual places like bedposts, door jams or against water bowls. But more, most unusual of all, if he sees any of the dogs or we have hens out in the garden standing still, he'll take the opportunity to pee on them as well. Never did anything like this before. Don't think it's a need to go to the toilet as he releases only a tiny little bit, but he has been quite opportunistic. If the hen or the dog is indisposed or not moving, he's over like a shot. Any thoughts on why he might suddenly be doing this after 10 years? That's a bit of an interesting one. Um, There's no obvious answer, I'm afraid. 
if the kind of behavioral dynamic has changed a little bit, so let's say um, a new dog has been introduced to the family or a new cat or a new hen or, or something like that, if something has changed kind of the, the natural hierarchy that has kind of formed over over the years, then that would be enough to maybe feel that he needs to kind of scent mark and assert his, assert his dominance. Thankfully, he doesn't sound like he's kind of displaying any obvious aggression. It's more kind of scent marking based. Um, then that might be enough to maybe just trigger that behavior. It doesn't sound like he has, let's say, any urinary problems from the sound of what our, our listener is describing, because he's really just trying to target and do it at certain areas to mark his mark his territory. It's not that he's really desperate to go for a wee or anything by the sounds of it. Um, another thing that can happen is as we get a little bit older um, and, and in our dogs and cats, we do sometimes notice changes in behavior that can sometimes be kind of akin to senility that you might experience in humans in latter latter years. It's a very difficult thing to prove in our dogs and cats um, because we can't ask them. It's a very, very challenging thing. But I suppose as, as kind of a vet it's on the ground, it's something we do kind of appreciate as they get to their older years. Behavioural change, maybe a little bit of kind of dodderiness um, or even a behavioural change like this. The sudden need to feel like they need to scent mark everything if they're a little bit older. That might be the way that their behavioural change is manifesting. But I suppose the first thing I'd say is just make sure that there's been no obvious change in the group dynamic at home. Um, anything that all that might upset him and make him feel he needs to kind of mark his territory will be my first port of call and just manage any stress associated with that um, as best you can. Okay, hi uh, Patricia. Could you ask Jane for advice on how to stop a Jack Russell from barking constantly? Are there any remedies that I could uh, use? He barks if someone calls to the door, but even if I'm talking with somebody outside the door or even down the driveway, even if he can't see the person, it's almost like they can he can sense somebody is there and we have this constant barking. Okay, um, this is a really, really frustrating one for you as owner. I, I totally understand that. For the dog, he really just feels like he's doing his job. So it is a very difficult behavior to break because he thinks he's been the guardian of the house and protecting you and the household from any intruders. Um, so he thinks he's doing a great job. He's probably delighted with himself, quite frankly. Um, I can understand it's not a behavior you'd like to kind of continue, but it is a difficult thing to break. The best thing you can do is distraction. Um, so you say that he's kind of able to tell when people are there, even when he can't see them. Well, their senses are just, you know, so incredible in comparison to ours. They can smell things miles away. They can hear things much quieter than we can. So he's probably just sensing that there's somebody there that he needs to protect the household from and kind of scare off with a big wolf. Um, so distraction is a good thing. Um, if you know you're going to be going out to speak to somebody or if you know that there's a visitor planned to come to the door or you know that it's a certain time of the day that the postman comes, if you bring him into a room that's kind of the furthest away from the front door when you know that that's going to happen uh, and give him something really exciting to play with. So my usual go-to would be something like a stuffable toy, like a Kong, and stuff it with a bit of his own food, maybe a few tasty treats that won't upset his tummy, maybe just a tiny smear of cream cheese, um, something super tasty and give that to him just before you know that that person is going to call. So hopefully it might it might not stop the barking entirely, but potentially the drive to go and play with the really tasty thing might outweigh his need mm. to protect the family with the woofing. But it is a very difficult behaviour. And particularly with Jack Russells, they think they're cock of the walk, don't they? They're, they're, they're the real kingpins. Oh, they do. Yeah, <laughs> the size they of them. Do. Uh, here's one from Julie. Uh, could you ask Jane, please, about loneliness 
for dogs. Do they get lonely during the day? I feel the one day a week that I'm out of the house, my dog is always very upset that night. I'm thinking of getting a second dog for company, but I don't know how he will take to a second dog. If I do go down that route, I will look at a rescue uh, dog, but I'm not sure if it's necessary or not. Do they get lonely and would it manifest in the dog being upset that night? It can do, yeah. Um, I think particularly if, if, let's say, his being left alone is a very irregular thing or only happens a day a week or happens, say, with no particular pattern to it, they tend to be the dogs that are a little bit more disorientated by it um, because it's not their normal habit. Their routine is kind of out of kilter and dogs and cats are creatures of habit. Um, so it is quite normal that they're feeling a little bit off that evening when you come back um, that they might just be feeling like what's happened all day my routine's totally messed up I don't know what way is up or what whether it's day or night I'm very confused um, it is a difficult one particularly if you're only going to be away let's say one day a week although it's lovely for the pet because you're there all of the rest of the time it might make it a little bit challenging when you when you do have that day a week that it's a bit more of a challenge so First things first is distraction, very similar to our barking dog. Make you leaving the house a positive experience for them. Just before you leave the house, give them that really exciting Kong filled with lots of stuffed food because sometimes the anxiety that they experience that perpetuates throughout the day if you're away can also almost be wind up because they know that something's different. They know you're grabbing your keys, you're having a coffee, you're picking up your bag before you go. So if you can distract them from kind of having that initial anxious wind up, that can be a really helpful thing. But I think if it is possible for you to keep the time away from your dog short, even if you need to be away all day, if it is feasible for you to pop back or a member of your family or your, your little bubble to pop back to check in on the dog during the day, um, then that can sometimes really help them because they know that something's, somebody's going to come back. Having another dog for company can be a really helpful thing in some cases. But what I would say is just make sure it's the right fit for you and your your kind of your lifestyle. Um, just to make sure that another dog will be a benefit and not, let's say, something that's going to make, let's say, the, the you being away for a day a bit more of a challenging experience. There is a certain amount of a settling period as well. You know, you're changing that group dynamic of the dogs. So you are its little pack, so it's, it's you, the dog, the family, and all of a sudden you're adding another dog in. So there can be a period of kind of unsettling initially, but usually that all settles down over time. Um, and I think definitely if I were to get another dog, it, it, going for a rescue, as our listener has suggested, is a the really right way to go. There's loads of great dogs out there that deserve a second chance. Yeah, because I know I, I would have a worry and I'm sure some people listening will have a worry about people who are working from home. If they do end up going back into the their their place of work, dogs have got very used to suddenly having everybody around the house and a busy household during the day and suddenly the house could end up becoming very quiet again. Yeah, and I think this is a really big challenge because it's going to happen eventually once all of this COVID is, is you know, settled down. It's a thing of the past. You know, people will be back in work again. And as you say, they've got very used to having humans around the house all day long. Um, I normally say that the, the dogs love it, the cats hate it. The cats <laughs> love being kind of yeah, on their know, own <laughs> lord of their kingdom during the day. And they, they think they have these humans interrupting their peace during the day and they're very annoyed about it. So it kind of, you know, it's good for some, not for others. But it's, it's really going to be a period of adjustment when, when we all yeah. do go back to work. There will again. be a bit of sep- um, separation, I, anxiety going on. Okay, on 100%. the foxes, uh, somebody in the know says foxes breed once a year, January or early February. There's somebody in the know. Thank you for that. Okay. Now, this is in from, this is one of these problems that's always so hard to get the bot- to the bottom of. Question for Jane. I am having a lot of trouble trying to find the cause of my dog's skin condition. 
his skin gets very red, hot and itchy. It can happen suddenly and then resolve again just as quickly. But he's over-grooming, he scratches incessantly when he feels the itch and he can end up being quite miserable with it. He's taking one one five milligram steroid tablet per day, which does have some effect, but it doesn't totally control the problem. I've tried Apoquel and Cytopoint. Both made the condition worse. His skin got very dry, particularly after the Cytopoint. So I used coconut oil to moisturise his skin. Are there any moisturisers recommended for dogs that are less greasy? I've tried shampoos with limited success and the listeners actually WhatsApped on a picture and it just looks red raw. Miserable look on the board dog okay this is a really difficult one because and it, and it is a very frequent problem that we see um itchy itchy pets are really stressful both for the owner and for the pet themselves they're tortured they can't get any rest they just really want to itch and scratch that skin um so getting that sorted long term is, is a really really big priority it really sounds like the sister has done a great job of trying to take care of their dog they've tried multiple different treatments um, but it can be a real challenge, particularly with skin disease, to find the right fit for that dog um, or indeed cat. What I would say is, although it may not be what you want to hear, I think you probably need to go back to your vet again um, and discuss with them that you need kind of a, a long term plan. And that may be something that you're already working on. But it might be that if things are particularly challenging, you just need to start from scratch again, have a good look and trust your vet to make that plan for you and follow it to the letter as best you can. Um, you've tried a number of different medications. And, and what I would say is further diagnostics in the case of skin disease are something that's really important. So kind of having a full dermatological workup. Um, it might be worth if you're if you're concerned as well or if you just really want to get to the bottom of things and it's not quite working out have a chat with your vet if you, if you wanted let's say a referral to a dermatologist so lots of us let's say I, I i'm a gp vet i do work in every kind of speciality but I, I have a particular interest in particular qualifications in cardiology which is heart medicine there's other vets out there that have particular qualifications in skin disease so i think first protocol go back to your vet just discuss the problem um in, in great depth and then if, if you feel you just maybe need to go a little bit further, just ask your vet for a potentially a referral to a, a skin. Because it is one of the hardest things, isn't it, to solve? It's just the unknown really of what it is and what's causing it. Yeah, and sometimes when we see skin from a dog or cat, we're seeing the product of something, let's say an inflammation or an irritation or an allergic reaction that might have happened or, you know, two weeks ago or a month ago and we're seeing the infection and all the self-trauma on top of that so it is for us as vets it's a real puzzle to figure out it is one of the hardest things that we deal with day and day but it's one of the most important as well because it's all about quality of life so I think stick with it I know it's really really frustrating but it's really important to get to the bottom of things Okay we've lots of people in the know to do with foxes Uh, Tim says foxes breed between January and March they can be heard barking loudly at night around this time of year and somebody else has sent me on a clip from um, a wildlife book obviously said foxes mate annually breeding takes place in early to late winter with babies born in early to middle spring the vixen's heat cycle lasts less than one week wow and mates also have a breeding cycle and they're only interested in and they're no they're only interested in in mating at that same time the rest of the time they're not interested in mating at all so there's lots of people out there have lots of information on foxes okay we'll leave it there listen have a great week and enjoy St Patrick's Day. You too. And Thank you very we'll much. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Thank you for that. Uh, bye bye. That is Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.